now, last, last week, um, I'll, I'll recap some things because I know several of you are not here. But last Wednesday started with a, a minister on supernatural seeing for supernatural utterance. Supernatural seeing for supernatural utterance. So you can call, you can, if you want to call it supernatural utterances, plural, that's fine. But supernatural seeing for supernatural utterance, and I was emphasizing on ability to see. That's critical in our, in our you know, time of prayer. And then, uh, and, and just even as a lifestyle. But then if you're talking about uh, supernatural seeing for supernatural utterance, that I can call it also revelational insight. You have an insight by the Holy Spirit. You have information by the Holy Spirit. And, and let's go to a scripture that we read last week again from Numbers 24. Numbers 24. It says now from verse 1, now Balaam, when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not go as other times to seek to use sorcery, but he set his face toward the wilderness. Uh, in other words, some other times he'd use sorcery. He's a prophet from Midian. He was not a Jew. And Balaam raised his eyes and saw Israel encamped according to their tribes, and the Spirit of God came upon him. And then I'll emphasize this because what follows next is the Spirit of God came upon him. So this is from the Lord. This is not from his uh, sorcery. Do you understand? This is from the Lord. And then he says this, Then he took up his oracle and said, the utterance. You see that word there? The utterance. The utterance of Balaam, the son of Beor. The utterance, what follows next says is, the utterance of the man whose eyes are open. He's speaking from insight. His eyes have opened. Now, I tend to think, and most likely, it was an open vision. But he's speaking from that which the Lord has shown him. The Spirit of God came upon him and he was speaking utterance, but through what? Seeing what he saw, his uttering. And he says this, the utterance of Balaam, the son of Beor, the utterance of man whose eyes are open. Look at verse 4. The utterance of him who hears the words of God, who sees the vision of the Almighty, who falls down with eyes wide open. When you've seen, when you have revelation, your words change. They are not just ordinary words. They have the divine. They have power. Words become powerful when you're operating through the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Don't forget that. When you are operating through the spirit of wisdom and revelation, your words become powerful. They are effective in the spirit realm. Jesus operated that way. As a man walking by the spirit, anointed by God, and, and he, was, he saw a certain in his speech until he says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Because remember he said, uh, he had said even at some point, I think it's John chapter 8, he says this, my doctrine is not mine. 
He's saying these are not just words of a human being. These are words of God. So we have been granted in to come into the kingdom of God through his blood, by through the spirit of wisdom and revelation, we can utter words which are full of divine. Let me, let me give you some definition over here. Amazing is this, I'll, let me give uh, credit to the one I had to say this. On Wednesday, I spoke about this this past Wednesday, and then in the evening, waking up on Thursday, I saw Eagle Mountain International Church. They had their prayer service praying for the Southwest Believers Convention, those of you who are aware of that, of Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And then Pastor Terry Pearson was the one who was uh, speaking during that prayer service. So remember, there are eight hours. Now there are eight hours behind us, okay? So it was like now is what time? 6.30, I think should be around 10.30 there. So actually them they spoke, they, she spoke in the evening, which was our towards morning, 3 a.m. or so, okay? On Thursday morning, and theirs, theirs was Wednesday evening. But I watched it on Thursday and a, and a bit of Friday. And then let me give you something that she said. She is talking about utterance. You watched it? She was speaking about utterance. And then she said this, and, and I really honor her. In, in she's, she's a prayer. Listen to what she says. So this came from her. I had to, to make sure I captured this. Utterance is a divine expression that leads to a release of the not of that divine, that leads to, to a release of the divine, not that divine, of the divine. Utterance, utterance is a divine expression. It's a divine expression that leads to a release of the divine, and that divine, the second the divine, is capitalized. D, that means that it releases what? God's ability. is divine. Okay, you see that? Or you're writing? Now, now think about this. Something again I was taught in the Bible school, and that was so powerful. It says that when about confession, when you speak the word of God by faith into a situation, what you are go, what you are doing, you are releasing God into that situation. Why is that so? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was. God, so when I'm speaking to the mountain, actually I'm releasing God to that situation. And what does that mean? God does not fail. The utterance is divine. So what you are doing is utterance is a divine expression that leads to, to a release of the divine. Look at this, what it says. Next one it says, she says this, it's not just words. Anyone can talk. These are not just words. You see what I'm saying? They're not just words, but the anointing or the divine in those words. Have you ever, have you ever heard words spoken? And, and, and person said, like, those are not just words. There's, there's something that happened in my heart when I heard those words. Amen? You ever have that happened to you? Huh? And you knew that there was a, a divine release in those words. They are not just words. 
And by the way, <laughs> we're talking to Pastor Carla recently, some weeks ago, and she said something that really blessed me. She said this, uh, when you're in the spirit, you hear the voice of God. But if you're in the flesh, it thunders. You remember that? In, is, it, is it in John chapter 2? God spoke, and then some say this, it has thundered. Oh, come on, let me, let me. Let's go over there. We'll, we'll get back into. Just leave that. Uh, we'll get back to finish up with that. I want us to pray tonight. John 12. John 12. Look at verse, verse 27. John 12, verse 27. I want you to see. <clears throat> now my soul, this is Jesus speaking, my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Who spoke back? The Father. Is that so? That's the Father. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Was that accurate? No. Just think about this. God has spoken very clear words. That means these words they could have understood. But they said it has thundered. So to so many people, if you're not in the spirit, what you hear is thunder. But if you're in the spirit, you hear words. God speaking to you. So tonight, make sure you hear God's word, not what? Thunder. <laughs> make sure you, you hear God's revelation. Let's go back, back to that. Okay, look, look at this. Let, let me, listen, listen to this. this. This is amazing. Verse 30 says this. Jesus answered and said, This voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Yet, they didn't hear it. That's sad. That's sad. I thought you were going to do. That's that. This voice did not come because of me, uh, but for your sake. Yet, they had it as thunder. Yet, they thought an angel had spoken. Yet, they were supposed to have heard it. That's sad. And on and on and on. Now, let me go back to my assignment. But did you see that? Yes. Don't ever forget it. So it's not just was. That's what I was why that's what brought that. It's not just was, but the anointing. The divine in those was. So if we standard to those who thought that it thundered, did it mean anything to them? Oh, um, they have had thunders for, 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 for as long as they've lived. So it didn't mean anything to them. But, but then if they would have known that was the voice of the Father, it could have meant something to them. But it didn't mean anything to them, actually. It didn't profit them. It's not just words, but the anointing, the divine in those words. He's still talking about utterance. 
utterance can also be a divine expression of information that leads to a divine release of revelation. So with the utterance comes forth what? Revelation. In fact, utterance by itself, like what we are looking at, the scripture that you looked at in, in, in Numbers 24, utterance by itself, by the Spirit, is revelatory. If I can use that word, it's revelatory. If you get the utterance by the Spirit, it's revelatory. And you want to get more out of what has been spoken? Meditate on what you've heard. Meditate on what you hear. Okay? So remember we are talking about what? We are talking about what? Supernatural seeing for? Supernatural utterance. The divine. That's what you are looking for. So therefore, your position in the spirit determines your attitude in prayer. I say that. I'm going to repeat several things. But let me, instead of repeating, you can easily listen to the last week's message. Let's go to Jeremiah 33. One to three from the Amplified Classic Version. Jeremiah. Praise God forever. From the Amplified Classic Version. He says this moreover. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Who was Jeremiah? The prophet. The second time. While he was still shut up in, a, in the court of the God, saying, listen this, Thus says the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. And then he says this, Call to me, and I will answer you, and do what? Show. What does show me? See. Call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great I will show you great and mighty things look at what follows next fenced in and hidden fenced in and hidden does anyone come to, to your mind when you hear of fenced in and hidden what are they huh Secrets or another word? Mysteries. Yeah, that's actually mysteries. It's fenced in and hidden. The mysteries. And then he says this, which you do not know. That's actually his mystery. I has not seen, he has not had, no, has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But he has what? Revealed because, because there are mysteries that need to be what? Revealed. By what? By the Spirit. So remember, still, it's divine revelation. It says, it's called unto me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things, fenced in and hidden, which you do not know, do not distinguish and recognize, have knowledge of and understand. In other words, for them to be clear to you, they must be revealed by the Holy Spirit. It's God. He says this, you call me. In other words, do this. Like, like what he says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. And this is what I'm going to do. As you call me, I will show you. What's the meaning of that? Insight, revelation, seeing. 
And from that, don't you know that if you see, you are able to do what? To speak with the accuracy. Is that so? All right, so then. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. From the Amplified Classic Version. They start bringing some things here to our place of prayer. Do a little bit of reading there. Let's start from verse 10. It says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him, that strength which he is, what? Boundless might provides. There's no single day you can be weak. If we draw from the boundless might, I mean that there's no day we can be weak. And then he says this, put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy armed soldier, which God supplies. Now that's, that's not your own armor. It's this God supplies. You remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 5 says that, for, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk in the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are what? Mighty through God. In other words, these are not weapons that we have, you know, naturally. They come through God, and this is mighty through God. So he says this, this armor of a heavy armed soldier which God supplies, not the government of Kenya, not, this is not KDF. But sometimes when I say KDF, you have another interpretation. Huh? Those big things you eat. <laughs> that you may be able, you may be, you may be able, you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies of the deceits of the devil. For we do not wrestle, we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending with only physical opponents. In other words, we have physical opponents. But these are not the only ones that you are contending with, contending only with physical opponents, but against the despotisms, against the powers, against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. You remember this? Which what? You remember this? You remember it, eh? No, I'm just kidding. Because you said you remember something before I wrote it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you remember this, I know. Remember that line here? You know, it's for illustration purpose. Uh, and then we, I've, I've called this like, think about this as eternal realm. And think about this, the dwelling place of God, and we can call it heaven of heavens. All right? This is where the throne of grace is at. All right, then you say, you come over here, 
This other one is not eternal, so I'm not going to, to, to draw end to end. I'll just draw for... But the Bible says the, the devil knows his time is short. So here, look at this. As uh, Ephesians 6 is talking about principalities... Powers, on and on and on, okay? Right over there. So this one continues, eternity has no beginning, no end, but this is, is, is so, it was troubled by the Lord Jesus Christ, but look at this. They're still there controlling the destiny of, of men and nations. But look at this then, down here, I'll use green. Down here, think about uh, temporarily the earth where you and I dwell. Alright? Alright? So, so think about this, church. Think, you have to think, you have to get it, you have to understand it. You are not a physical being. You are a spiritual being. You must Get that. Young people, you must meditate until it dawns on you. I am not this body. I live in this body, but I am not this body. All right? I'm a spirit being. I shall live forever. I'm an eternal being. I am born of God. I am born from above. I am not earthly. I have been born again. I dwell in this body. I am not in this body. Therefore, my life is not in this flesh. My life is inside of me. This is where the Spirit of God indwells. And the Word of God is what gives energy to that life. Because remember, what is born of the Spirit is Spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Jesus said this in John 66, 63. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. They don't feed your flesh. They are feeding your spirit. Therefore, I'm speaking so fast. Therefore, the reception center of a man is his spirit. When something is received in the spirit, then it gives birth to what? The things of God. The Spirit of God. They, I mean, gives birth to the things of the Spirit. Alright? It is your spiritual womb. The Word of God is sown into your spiritual womb. And when you receive it in your spiritual womb, what you'll do, you'll give birth to it. It's not in the mind. It's in the Spirit, the heart of man. I, I like calling it the reception center of a man. So we are not just human beings. Right now, the things that I'm speaking by the Spirit, your head may not even get much, but your spirit is being fed. And if you start meditating and praying in the Holy Ghost, all of a sudden, I didn't know that man was talking sense until I started praying. I thought it was called, but the pastor kept on speaking. All right, now look at this thing. So, so you've seen that, all right? Now, why, am I, why was I... For we do not wrestle against with flesh and blood contending with only physical opponents, 
but against the despotism, against the powers, against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. So these are the ones over here. All right? And we are living over here. But remember what I've been teaching. Our citizenship is in heaven. We must be conscious of this. And the way to do that is feed on the word of God. Tell your mind. Let your mind think and think and think until this eternal home becomes a reality. It's more real to me than it was in 1996 when I just gave my life to Christ. It will be more real to me next year and all the following years until I go home to be with the Lord. It has to become more real because it's my permanent home. It's my residence. My eternal home. It has to be real. Okay? So look at this then. Therefore, puts on, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger and having done all the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place. Against who? Against them here. But look at this. They have already been defeated. Ephesians, I mean, uh, Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 says that. Let's, let's go there quickly. How much time do you have? It's Wednesday prayer service. And Wednesday ends at 11.59 p.m. Huh? That's how much time we have. Okay. I thought you were going to say, Praise God, Pastor. Hallelujah. Anyway, 11.59 p.m. What did I say you go to? Colossians 2.15. Let's, let's read from the New King James Version because of time. Let's start from verse 13. Okay, and you being dead in your trespasses and, and, and the circumcision of your flesh, he has made alive. Oh man, made alive. Do you know what that means? Brought to life. You are dead, but in your, you are born anew. Born anew. All right? So, born anew. Let me not say born anew and say born anew, born anew, born anew. <laughs> Those old days, no bonane, bonane. <laughs> you know that song. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> That's a song that was called Bonane years ago. <laughs> In the 90s. <laughs> Mark is laughing. Mark used to go to discos. Did you go to? <laughs> but, but look at this then. Then it's born anew. It says this. And you being dead in your trespasses and in this uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him. That is like Ephesians 2.16 says, He has made us alive together with him and he has raised us up and seated with him where? In the heavenly places. Where? Far above. Principalities and powers and dominions and all names that is named. Far above. That's our home. That's our place of authority. That's a place of authority. Look at this verse 14. Uh, no, verse 13 says, He has made a life together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. 
having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against you, which was contrary to us, and he has taken out of the way, having nailed it on the cross. Everything that was against you, God, through the Son Jesus Christ, nailed it on the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. Disarmed principalities and powers. He made a spectacle of them triumphing over them in it. Completely. Let's, let's go that verse 15, the Passion Translation, 14 and 15. Maybe that will, will make them feel warmer or hotter. Call will leave them quickly. Uh, let's see. Uh, praise God. We have it or do I go to my, my own? The, past, the same 2.15, 2.14, I think starting from verse 14. All right, praise God. Still waiting? Huh? Okay, <laughs> that's too close. Uh, all right, let's have the Passion Translation, please, that's better. Okay, look at this. He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased it, all our sins, our stained soul. He deleted it and all, deleted it all, and they cannot be retrieved. I hope you know what that means. It cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed on his cross and nailed it permanently there as a public display of cancellation. So you need to be telling the devil, the cross. Ah, oh, you know, you did this, the cross. And look at verse, the other one, verse 15. Now think about these guys here. All right? Those are demonic spirits, fallen angels, wickedness. Now think about this as you read this scripture now. Then Jesus made a spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon. There's no place to fear the devil. Every weapon and all their spiritual authority. Remember when he was raised from the dead, he said this in, in, a, in, a, in Matthew 28 verse 18. He says this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore. When he says all, is anything remaining? Huh? All is all to him. Not you and I, sometimes we exaggerate all the people are there and we know there are not all of them there. You understand? Now when you say the Bible says it's all, it's all. All and, and all. They are stripping from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. Toothless. No tongue. Nah, 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 nah. That's how they have been reduced to. And it says this, and by their power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners. In a procession of triumph, he was not their prisoners. They were his. 
complete victory. Oh. oh, that's good. Now we pray from that place of authority. If you pray that way, you, don't you know that if you start understanding this and you meditate on this, do you know what will happen? Because actually Ephesians chapter 1, that's exactly what he says, that you may know what, that you may receive what? The spirit of wisdom and of the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling what are the riches of his inheritance in the sense and listen to this what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his might power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead he says apostle Paul is saying by the spirit this is what you ought to know and then from there, you'll pray with authority. From there, you'll have what? Heavenly authority. From there, you'll have utterance that will dismantle the works of the enemy and establish the will of God. This is what will happen. Though you are living on earth, this is what will happen. You have an open heaven. You are an ambassador of your hometown. You look and talk just like him. Can you see where you're praying from? Yeah? Do you know what that elements? King of glory. King of glory. We are sinners. Beaten people. The elections are just to take place, God, we don't know. You know that removes that error. We are strong. Remember, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Not by our own strength, in him. All right? If you say amen, you'll get warmer. You understand that? In a cold evening, you better be saying Amen. <laughs> now, you better preach with me. Now, quickly then, let's finish this Ephesians chapter 6, and then I'll say one thing, or a few things, and then we'll start right there. So look at this. I'd, I'd said last week, this is very important then. Your position in the Spirit determines your attitude in prayer. You remember that? And then, your position in the Spirit determines your attitude in prayer. And then this same position greatly influences what? Your utterance. All right? Now then, this all realm, look at this, all this becomes alive because of the living word. Without the living word, we're in darkness. Listen carefully what I'm saying. All this here, the reality of the spirit realm, uh, the, the reality of the spirit realm becomes a reality to us because of the word. Without the word, we are in total darkness. Why is that so? The word is light. The entrance of his was, 
brings what? Light and what? Understanding to the simple. So without the entrance, what is the entrance? What is that light for? The entrance is, is, is revelation entering into our spirits. What's that light for? For seeing. What's this light for here? Huh? You're born again. If you switch off the lights, you'll start suspecting people seated next to you. Understand that? <laughs> if you, you found the banks that are closed and you came out here with your half a million, you'll cling on your bag now. Title. And yet you're in charge. But light, what does light come? What is light for? To enable us to do what? To see. Do you see that? Do you see what I'm saying? You see, I'm even asking you, do you see? You understand? Do you see what I'm saying? I'm not saying those eyes there. I'm speaking about your inner eyes, your spiritual eyes. So that's very important. The entrance. So I'm, I'm emphasizing again, don't ever accept an encounter if it doesn't have a, a backup of the scriptures. Say it again. However good it looks, however good it feels, if the encounter doesn't have spiritual, a scriptural backup, throw it away. Because the devil also appears as transforms himself as what? An angel of light. Alright? So, can you see the importance of the word in spiritual warfare? Yes. Now, <clears throat> let's finish then Ephesians 6. We are in verse... All right, let's go to verse 15 quickly and then. So having showed your feet in preparation to face, with the, to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability, the promptness and the readiness produced by the goodness of the gospel of peace, lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith upon which you are to quench all the flaming, flaming measles of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword that spirit wills, which is the word of God. The word of God in your mouth is a sword. Sword. And, and look at verse 18. Pray at all times, on every occasion. So he, she, he's been saying all those things before then, the whole arm and all that. And then he says this, don't you know that when he's coming to a place writing by the spirit, he says, then you pray at all times. Don't you know that means, it means this. You cannot be effective in prayer if you don't understand the armor of God. These are your weapons against the enemy. The word of God in your mouth. The shield of faith and on and on and on. Pray at all times on every occasion in every season in the spirit with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end keep alert and watch with a strong purpose and perseverance interceding on behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. And look at verse 19. The Apostle Paul says this. And pray also for me that what? Freedom of utterance. Remember the definition he got about, you know, some, some words about the utterance. Freedom of utterance may be given me that I may open my mouth to proclaim what? Boldly the mystery of the good news, the gospel. So Paul, Apostle Paul is saying this, I want you to pray for me so that I may have what? 
boldness to speak out. What? To have utterance and speak them out boldly by the Spirit. Now, let me read to you something here. Still talking about supernatural seeing for supernatural utterance. I've done this in the past, but I want to read it again. From Derek Prince about shaping history through prayer and fasting. Anyone who's ever heard me say it? I've done and read it over the years, actually. But listen to this as you go to, to prayer and believe in God tonight for the utterance. We pray much in the spirit, but also we pray with what? Understanding. All right? Uh, Derek Prince lived here, I think he left in the 60s. But in the 60s, he was here. In fact, he lived from 1957, he, he lived here. He says this. From 1957 to 1961, Lydia and I served as educational missionaries in Kenya, East Africa. I was the principal of a teacher training college in Western Kenya. During this period, Kenya was still painfully struggling to recover from the bloody agonies of the Mau Mau movement, which had created bitter mistrust and hatred, not only between Africans and Europeans, but also among various African tribes. Does it sound so also now? Mistrust and hatred? Huh? Come on now. It's still, yeah? Mistrust and hatred. You hear that? kabila mechukua. kabila, you know, how kabila. People talk that way. And then, not only between Africans and Europeans, but also among various African tribes. At the same time, the country was being hastily prepared for the end of British rule, which ended when? Let me hear the little ones. Which ended when, the British rule? Shh, shh, shh. I haven't heard anyone say anything apart from hush, hush, hush. It ended when, Misha? 1963. I wish I was giving out gifts, my brother. I could have given you. That's true. 1963, that's when the British rule ended. Now look at this then. So it was, remember he says he lived here in 1957 to 1961. So it's coming to the end of the British rule. And then, and for, for the national independence, which happened when? 1963. This was eventually achieved in 1963. In 1960, the Belgian Congo to the west of Kenya gained its independence. Without adequate preparation, the various different African groups inside the Congo were unable to meet the demands of self-government and were plunged into a protracted series of bloody internal wars. Many of the European residents of the Congo fled eastward into Kenya, bringing with them gruesome pictures of the strife and chaos they are left behind them. That's what they do mostly. They run. They leave the indigenous people to kill each other. Against this background, the forecast of the political experts for the future of Kenya were dark indeed. It was generally predicted that Kenya would follow the unhappy course of the Congo, but with the problems made even more serious by the internal antagonism that were the legacy of Mau Mau, but with problems made even more serious by the internal antagonisms that were the legacy of Mau Mau. In August 1960, I was one of the a number of missionaries ministering at a week-long convention for African young people 
held in Western Kenya. There were about 200 young Africans in attendance, more of whom were either teachers or students. A considerable number of these were either students or former students from the teacher training college of which I was the principal. The convention ended on a Sunday in the final service that evening. We witnessed a fulfillment of Joel's prophecy quoted by Peter, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions. Your young men shall see visions for what? For utterance. And then he says this, and your old men shall dream dreams. None of us here. Now look at this, young people. Right now, I saw several young people here. You qualify to experience in this few minutes you're going to pray the pouring of the Holy Spirit. And listen to this. If you listen carefully, you pray in the Holy Ghost and you enter in as not like you entered into an adult's meeting, but you entered into a spiritual meeting, you will prophesy tonight. I don't know if you heard what I said. You will prophesy tonight. And, and, and you can hear the spirit of God. You are young, some of you are teenagers, some of you maybe just turned 20. You may hear some things by the spirit of God that will mark you for the rest of your life. That's what happens in a spiritual meeting. So I encourage you tonight, don't pray with one eye open. Our little Tina does that. I mean, that girl I say, close your eyes, girl. <laughs> Nowadays she does not, but she prayed in tongues. She prays in tongues quite a bit. Quite a lot, actually. She prays, she, she, when she starts leading in prayer before she sleeps, she starts praying in tongues. And, 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 and on and on and on. But, but it took quite some time. She just have one ear. One eye open. Just look at so, so tonight, don't, just focus on him. All right? I'll show you something before we pray. Now, then, then he says, a missionary colleague from Canada brought the closing address, which was translated into Swahili by a young man named Wilson Mamboleo. Wilson Mamboleo now is in his 80s. <laughs> He's no longer a young man. Can you imagine? And I had him recently actually being interviewed concerning this. Now, Think about that. That was 19, I think, 61 or so. 1960. 1960. That's how many years ago? 52? 62? Yeah. He's, he's now he's in his 80s. I, I, I saw him recently being interviewed. But a young man named Wilson Mamboleo, who had recently graduated from a teacher training college, the first two hours of the service followed a normal pattern, maybe like this. But after the close of the missionary's address, the Holy Spirit moved with sovereign power and lifted the meeting onto a supernatural plane. For the next two hours, who do, who do, you, who do you want? Look at this. Who do you want? Just we, we start praying and then, then without even realizing it's been the next two hours. Amen? And if you live far, you step at the door and you realize you're already at your house. With your vehicle, if you're driving, you're just at the gate. I like that. Now then, for the next two hours, 
almost the whole group of more than 200 people continued in spontaneous worship and prayer without any human visible, any visible human leadership. At a certain point, the conviction came to me that as a group, we, have, we had touched God and that his power was at our disposal. God spoke to my spirit and said, listen to this. Do not let them make the same mistake that Pentecostals have so often made in the past by squandering my power in spiritual self-indulgence. Tell them to pray for the future of Kenya. I began to make my way to the platform intending to deliver the whole group message, uh, the, the message which I felt God had given me. On the way I passed Lydia, who was sitting beside the aisle, she put out her hand and stopped me. What do you want? I asked her. Tell them to pray for Kenya, she said. That's just what I'm going up to the platform for, I replied. I realized that God has spoken to my wife at the same time that he has spoken to me. And I accepted this as confirmation of his direction. Reaching the platform, I called the whole group to silence and presented God's challenge to them. You are the future leaders of your people. I told them both in the field of the education and also in the field of religion. The Bible places upon you as Christians. Listen to young people and many of you. You are the future of this nation. You are the future leaders of this nation. I told them both in the field of education and also in the field of religion. The Bible places upon you as Christians the responsibility to pray for your country and its government. Your country is now facing the most critical period in its history. Let us unite together in praying for the future of Kenya. Are we facing this right now? Yes, we are. Wilson Mamboleo was with me on the platform translating my words into Swahili. When the time came to pray, he knelt down beside me. As I led in prayer, almost every person present joined me in praying out loud. That's why I like one tonight. Because many times when you start praying, people go this way. Put on, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger and having done all the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place. Against who? Against them here. But look at this. They have already been defeated. Ephesians, I mean, uh, Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 says that. Let's, let's go there quickly. How much time do you have? It's Wednesday prayer service. And Wednesday ends at 11.59 p.m. Huh? That's how much time we have. Okay. I thought you were going to say, praise God, Pastor. Hallelujah. Anyway, 11.59 p.m. What did I say you go to? Colossians 2.15. Let's, let's read from the New King James Version because of time. Let's start from verse 13. Okay, and you being dead in your trespasses and, and, and the circumcision of your flesh, he has made alive. Oh man, made alive. Do you know what that means? Brought to life. You are dead, but in your, you are born anew. Born anew. All right? So, born anew. Let me not say born anew and say born anew, born anew, born anew. <laughs> Those old days, no bonane, bonane. <laughs> you know that song. <laughs> you don't. 
There's a song that was called Bonane years ago <laughs> in the 90s. Mark is laughing. Mark used to go to discos. Did you go to? Anyway. <laughs> but, but look at this then. Then he's born anew. He says this. And you being dead in your trespasses and in this uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him. That is like Ephesians 2.16 says, he has made us alive together with him and he has raised us up and seated with him where? In the heavenly places. Where? Far above. Principalities and powers and dominions and all name that is named. Far above. That's our home. That's our place of authority. That's a place of authority. Look at this verse 14. Uh, no, verse 13 says, He has made a life together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against you, which was contrary to us, and he has taken out of the way, having nailed it on the cross. Everything that was against you, God through the Son Jesus Christ, nailed it on the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. Disarmed principalities and powers. He made a spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Completely. Let's, let's go that verse 15, the Passion Translation, 14 and 15. Maybe that will, will make them feel warmer or hotter. Call will leave them quickly. Uh, let's see. Uh, praise God. We have it or do I go to my, my own? The, past, the same 2.15, 2.14, I think starting from verse 14. All right, praise God. Still waiting? Huh? Okay. <laughs> That's too close. Uh, all right, let's have the Passion Translation, please. That's better. Okay, look at this. He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased it, all our sins, our stained soul. He deleted it and all, deleted it all, and they cannot be retrieved. I hope you know what that means. It cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed on his cross and nailed it permanently there as a public display of cancellation. So you need to be telling the devil, the cross. Ah, oh, you know, you did this, the cross. And look at verse, the other one, verse 15. Now think about these guys here. All right? Those are demonic spirits, fallen angels, wickedness. Now think about this, as you read this scripture now. Then Jesus made a spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon. There's no place to fear the devil. Every weapon and all their spiritual 
authority. Remember when he was raised from the dead, he said this in, in, a, in, a, in Matthew 28 verse 18. He says this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore. When he says all, is anything remaining? Huh? All is all to him. Not you and I, sometimes we exaggerate all the people are there and we know there are not all of them there. You understand? Now when he says, the Bible says it's all, it's all. All. And, and all, they are stripping from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. Toothless. No tongue. That's how they have been reduced to. And he says this, and by their power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners. In a procession of triumph, he was not their prisoners. They were his. It's complete victory. Oh. oh, that's good. Now we pray from that place of authority. If you pray that way, you, don't you know that? If you start understanding this and you meditate on this, do you know what will happen? Because actually Ephesians chapter 1, that's exactly what he says. That you may know what? That you may receive what? The spirit of wisdom, of, uh, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know. What is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of his inheritance in the sense? And listen to this. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his might power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead? He says, Apostle Paul is saying by the Spirit, this is what you ought to know. And then from there, you'll pray with authority. From there, you'll have what? Heavenly authority, from there you'll have utterance that would dismantle the works of the enemy and establish the will of God. This is what will happen though you are living on earth. This is what will happen. You have an open heaven. You are an ambassador of your hometown. You look and talk just like him. Can you see where you're praying from? Yeah? Do you know what that eliminates? King of glory. King of glory. We are seen as beaten people. The elections are just to take place. God, we don't know. You know what I'm that removes that error. We are strong. Remember, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Not by our own strength, in him. All right? If you say amen, you'll get warmer. You understand that? In a cold evening, you better be saying amen. <laughs> now, you better preach with me. Now, quickly then, Let's finish this Ephesians chapter 6 and then I'll say one thing or a few things and then we'll start right there. So look at this. I'd, I'd said last week, this is very important then. 
Your position in the spirit determines your attitude in prayer. You remember that? And then your position in the spirit determines your attitude in prayer. And then this same position greatly influences what? Your utterance. All right? Now then, this all realm, look at this. All this becomes alive because of the living word. Without the living word, we're in darkness. Listen carefully what I'm saying. All this here, the reality of the spirit realm, uh, the, the reality of the spirit realm becomes a reality to us because of the word. Without the word, we are in total darkness. Why is that so? The word is light. The entrance of his words brings what? Light and what? Understanding to the simple. So without the entrance, what is the entrance? What is that light for? The entrance is, is, is revelation entering into our spirits. What's that light for? For seeing. What's this light for here? Huh? You're born again. If you switch off the lights, you'll start suspecting people seated next to you. Understand that? <laughs> if you, you found the banks that are closed and you came out here with your half a million, you'll cling on your bag now. Title. And yet you're in charge. But light, what does light come? What is light for? To enable us to do what? see. Do you see that? Do you see what I'm saying? You see, I'm even asking you, do you see? You, you understand? Do you see what I'm saying? I'm not saying those eyes there. I'm speaking about your inner eyes, your spiritual eyes. So that's very important. The entrance. So I'm, I'm emphasizing again, don't ever accept an encounter if it doesn't have a, a backup of the scriptures. Say it again. However good it looks, however good it feels, if the encounter doesn't have spiritual, a scriptural backup, throw it away. Because the devil also appears as transforms himself as what? An angel of light. All right? So can you see the importance of the word in spiritual warfare? Yes. Now, Let's finish then Ephesians 6. We are in verse. All right, let's go to verse 15 quickly and then. So having showed your feet in preparation to face, with the, to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability, the promptness and the readiness produced by the goodness of the gospel of peace, lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith upon which you are to quench all the flaming, flaming measles of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword that spirit wills, which is the word of God. The word of God in your mouth is a sword. Sword. And, and look at verse 18. Pray at all times, on every occasion. So she... 
He's been saying all those things before then, the whole arm and all that. And then he says this, don't you know that when he's coming to a place writing by the Spirit, he says, then you pray at all times. Don't you know that means, it means this, you cannot be effective in prayer if you don't understand the arm of God. These are your weapons against the enemy. The word of God in your mouth. The shield of faith and on and on and on. Pray at all times on every occasion in every season in the spirit with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance interceding on behalf of all the saints God's consecrated people. And look at verse 19. The apostle Paul says this. And pray also for me that what? Freedom of utterance. Remember the definition he got about, you know, some, some words about the utterance. Freedom of utterance may be given me that I may open my mouth to proclaim what? Boldly the mystery of the good news, the gospel. So Paul, Apostle Paul is saying this. I want you to pray for me so that I may have what? Boldness to speak out. What? To have utterance and speak them out boldly by the Spirit. Now, let me read to you something here. Still talking about supernatural seeing for supernatural utterance. I've done this in the past, but I want to read it again. From Derek Prince about shaping history through prayer and fasting. Anyone who's ever heard me say it? I've done and read it over the years, actually. But listen to this as you go to, to prayer and believe in God tonight for the utterance. We pray much in the spirit, but also we pray with what? Understanding. All right? Uh, Derek Prince lived here, I think he left in the 60s. But in the 60s he was here. In fact, he lived from 1957, he, he lived here. He says this. From 1957 to 1961, Lydia and I served as educational missionaries in Kenya, East Africa. I was the principal of a teacher training college in Western Kenya. During this period, Kenya was still painfully struggling to recover from the bloody agonies of the Mau Mau movement, which had created bitter mistrust and hatred, not only between Africans and Europeans, but also among various African tribes. Does it sound so also now? Mistrust and hatred? Huh? Come on now. Still, yeah, mistrust and hatred. Yeah, that he kabila mechukua, he kabila, you know, how kabila. People talk that way. And then, not only between Africans and Europeans, but also among various African tribes. At the same time, the country was being hastily prepared for the end of British rule, which ended when? Let me hear the little ones. Which ended when the British rule? Shh, shh, shh. I haven't heard anyone say anything apart from hush, hush, hush. It ended when, Misha? 1963. I wish I was giving out gifts, my brother. I could have given you. That's true. 1963, that's when the British rule ended. Now look at this then. So it was, remember he says he lived here in 1957 to 1961. So it's coming to the end of the British rule. And then, and for, for the national independence, which happened when? 1963. This was eventually achieved in 1963. In 1960, the Belgian Congo 
to the west of Kenya gained its independence. Without adequate preparation, the various different African groups inside the Congo were unable to meet the demands of self-government and were plunged into a protracted series of bloody internal wars. Many of the European residents of the Congo fled eastward into Kenya, bringing with them gruesome pictures of the strife and chaos they are left behind them. That's what they do mostly. They run. They leave the indigenous people to kill each other. Against this background, the forecast of the political experts for the future of Kenya were dark indeed. It was generally predicted that Kenya would follow the unhappy cause of the Congo, but with the problems made even more serious by the internal antagonism that were the legacy of Mau Mau, but with problems made even more serious by the internal antagonisms that were the legacy of Mau Mau. In August 1960, I was one of the a number of missionaries ministering at a week-long convention for African young people held in Western Kenya. There were about 200 young Africans in attendance, more of whom were either teachers or students. A considerable number of these were either students or former students from the teacher training college of which I was the principal. The convention ended on a Sunday in the final service that evening. We witnessed a fulfillment of Joel's prophecy quoted by Peter. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions. Your young men shall see visions for what? For utterance. And then he says this, and your old men shall dream dreams. None of us here. Now look at these young people. Right now, I saw several young people here. You qualify to experience in these few minutes you're going to pray, the pouring of the Holy Spirit. And listen to this. If you listen carefully, you pray in the Holy Ghost and you enter in, as, not like you entered into an adult's meeting, but you entered into a spiritual meeting, you will prophesy tonight. I don't know if you heard what I said. You will prophesy tonight. And, and, and you can hear the spirit of God. You are young, some of you are teenagers, some of you maybe just turned 20. You may hear some things by the spirit of God that will mark you for the rest of your life. That's what happens in a spiritual meeting. So I encourage you tonight, don't pray with one eye open. Our little Tina does that. I mean, that girl, I say, close your eyes, girl. <laughs> Nowadays, she does not, but she prayed in tongues. She prays in tongues quite a bit. Quite a lot, actually. She prays, she, she, when she starts leading in prayer, before she, she starts praying in tongues. And, 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 and on and on and on. But, but it took quite some time. She just have one ear one eye open. Just look at So, So tonight, don't, just focus on him. Alright? I'll show you something before we pray. Now, then, then he says, a missionary colleague from Canada brought the closing address which was translated into Swahili by a young man named Wilson Mamboleo. Wilson Mamboleo now is in his 80s. <laughs> He's no longer a young man. Can you imagine? And I had him recently actually being interviewed concerning this. Now, 
Think about that. That was 19, I think, 61 or so. 1960. 1960. Those are how many years ago? 52? 62? Yeah. He's, he's now he's in his 80s. I, I, I saw him recently being interviewed. But a young man named Wilson Mamboleo, who had recently graduated from a teacher training college, the first two hours of the service followed a normal pattern, maybe like this. But after the close of the missionary's address, the Holy Spirit moved with sovereign power and lifted the meeting onto a supernatural plane. For the next two hours, would, would, you, would you want, look at this, would you want just we, we start praying and then end without even realizing it's been the next two hours? Amen? And if you live far, you step at the door and you realize you're already at your house. With your vehicle, if you're driving, you're just at the gate. I like that. Now then, for the next two hours, almost the whole group of more than 200 people continued in spontaneous worship and prayer without any human visible, any visible human leadership. At a certain point, the conviction came to me that uh, as a group, we, have, we had touched God and that his power was at our disposal. God spoke to my spirit and said, listen to this. Do not let them make the same mistake that Pentecostals have so often made in the past by squandering my power in spiritual self-indulgence. Tell them to pray for the future of Kenya. I began to make my way to the platform intending to deliver the whole group message, uh, the, the message which I felt God had given me. On the way I passed Lydia, who was sitting beside the aisle, she put out her hand and stopped me. What do you want? I asked her. Tell them to pray for Kenya, she said. That's just what I'm going up to the platform for, I replied. I realized that God has spoken to my wife at the same time that he has spoken to me. And I accepted this as confirmation of his direction. Reaching the platform, I called the whole group to silence and presented God's challenge to them. You are the future leaders of your people. I told them both in the field of the education and also in the field of religion. The Bible places upon you as Christians. Listen to young people and many of you. You are the future of this nation. You are the future leaders of this nation. I told them both in the field of education and also in the field of religion. The Bible places upon you as Christians the responsibility to pray for your country and its government. Your country is now facing the most critical period in its history. Let us unite together in praying for the future of Kenya. Are we facing it right now? Yes, we are. Wilson Mamboleo was with me on the platform translating my words into Swahili. When the time came to pray, he knelt down beside me. As I led in prayer, almost every person present joined me in praying out loud. That's why I like one tonight. Because many times when you start praying, people go this way. I'll come teach some things about undergirding in prayer. You understand? If you're a leader going up, you go the same way. If he's coming down a little bit, you just go, stay there. You know, you just stay that way. And God will do more. So it's not shama, 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 shama. No, you just you start getting to it and it comes out of your spirit. Amen? Now, shama, 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 if you're alone, that's fine. But this is what? Corporate prayer. You know what I'm If you're alone, you can be even quiet and just be... But in a corporate prayer, you need just to come together with others and pray. All right? 
Can I get you a good response? All right, now. Then he says this. uh, I led in prayer almost every person prays. Join me in praying out loud. The combined volume of voices, listen to this. The combined voice of volume of voices rising in prayer remind me, reminded me of the passage in Revelation 19, 6, 19 verse 6 and I heard as it were the voice of great multitude and as the voice of many waters and as the voice of mighty thunderings. That's what happens when you come together. The sound of prayer swelled to a crescendo, then suddenly ceased. It was as if some invisible conductor had brought down his baton. After a few moments of silence, Wilson stood up and spoke to the congregation. I want to tell you what the Lord showed me while we were praying. He said, I realized that God had given him a vision as he knelt beside in prayer. Wilson then related the vision he had seen first in English and then in Swahili. I saw a red horse approaching Kenya from the east. He said it was very fierce and there was a very black man riding on it. Behind it was very, there were several other horses also red and fierce. While we were praying, I saw all the horses turn around and move away toward the north. Where are they coming from? Being controlled by this guy. Those are demonic spirits. Those are principalities and powers. And then then says this, uh, Wilson paused a moment and said, uh, then continued. I, so they, they, they moved away toward the north. Will, Wilson paused for a moment and then continued. As, I asked God to tell me the meaning of what I'd seen. And this is what he told me. Only the supernatural power of the prayer of my people can turn away the troubles that are coming upon Kenya. You think it's ever changed? You think it has ever changed? It's never changed. For many days after that, I continued to meditate on what Wilson had told me, and I realized that Wilson's vision was in some ways similar to what is recorded in Zechariah 1, 7 to 11, and on and on and on and on. Amazing is this, amazing thing. My niece, Faith Nyambura, in 2017, without ever have heard about this and didn't know the Bible, saw the exact similar thing. She told me, I asked her, have you ever read that in the Bible? No. Have you ever heard that in the testimony? Uh, any testimony? No. She was uh, 17, I think, then. She saw the exact thing during the, the 2020, 2017 elections. It gave me more boldness to say, you remember the way it was like they, it had been thrown and, and the, the opposition, uh, Mr. Rayla didn't want to go back to to, to vote, you remember that, for voting and all, and the, the, the uncertainty that was there. Then that's the time my niece told me of the vision God gave to her, and I read to her that, that book of uh, Derek Prince, and I'm telling you, I knew it's still going to be all right, and uh, that does not change. It is going to be all right. Can we stand together in prayer? Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. I want us to follow together, to stay together. Let me read one scripture, see. Put there in Matthew 13, please, and verse 11 and 16. Matthew 13, 11, 16, the New King James Version. Or even you can put it there, the same amplified classic version, that's fine. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can I hear you say thank you, Lord? Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's a mighty power here. Why is that so? Because the Holy Ghost is in us. You have it? Now that is, uh, I say, 13, verse 11 and 16. Matthew 13. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Matthew 13 verse 11 it says Jesus replied and said uh, to you it has been given to know the secrets and mysteries of the kingdom of heaven say to me it has been given to know the secrets and mysteries of the kingdom of heaven in other words you are here but you have access to this realm. You are here on earth, but you have access to that realm. You see that? You know, you know what God shows us there? You're not cut off from your home country. Oh, that's God. Go to verse 16, please. Let's read that together. And say, are my eyes, okay? But blessed happy, fortunate, and to be envied are my eyes because they do see and my ears because they do hear. We receive that tonight. Let's lift our hands together and want to make a prayer together in agreement as we pray for this nation. Let's believe God for, I really encourage you with this. And, and young people really get into it. I really encourage you for to hear tonight. Pray in the spirit, but also pray the understanding. And I, I know the Holy Spirit is right in this house tonight. And he's in us. And he wants to help us and encourage us. I'd, I'd wished, I'd hoped that I was going to read something that the Lord spoke to us last week. That I will shield you. I've shielded this nation and I'll again shield it. But I didn't get it. I was... I was wanted to read it out to you what the, the Spirit of the Lord gave to us last week. Oh, Father, let's lift our hands to Him. Father, we lift our hands as we lift our hearts to You. You've said we come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find, and find grace to help in time of need. Lord, we need that for our nation. We need our transformation. We need the move of your spirit. And Father, there are young people here that are future leaders of this nation. I'm asking you, Father, through your mercy and your grace to do something in them and everyone here tonight concerning the future of this nation and the, the, the kingdom of God in this nation. Lord, grant us utterance and grant us insight and revelation 
for supernatural seeing. Hallelujah. Let me read a scripture. We haven't finished yet. Can we put there Psalm 35, please, on the, on, on the, uh, this, uh, whatever you call it, screen. Look at chapter 35, Psalm 35 from the New King James Version. Let's look at it from uh, the Passion Translation, how it says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just stay in that place of prayer, okay? Don't disengage yet. We have it. Psalm 35, please, if you can have it quickly, the Passion Translation. Uh, it says, Oh Lord, fight for me. Fight for our nation. Harass the hecklers. Accuse my accusers. Fight those who fight against this nation. I'm about to shout. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh Lord, let's go back there. Oh Lord, fight for us. Let's say it. Fight for us. Harass the hecklers. Accuse the accusers of Kenya. Fight those who fight against this nation. And then he goes next to say this. Put on your armor, Lord. Take up your shield and protect me. Those who are here last week on Wednesday, you are what the Spirit of the Lord says. I have shielded this nation and I'm still shielding it. Lord, put your armor. Take up your shield and protect, protect this nation. Rise up, mighty God. Grab your weapons of war and block the way of the wicked who come to fight against this nation. Stand for us. Stand for Kenya, oh Lord, when they stand against this nation. Speak over my soul. I'm a strong savior. Speak over the soul of this nation. I am your strong savior. I want you to use your faith. These are walls of faith. Go to the next one. Humiliate those who seek to harm this nation. Defeat them all. Let's say it. Defeat them all. Let's say it with a vigor. Defeat them all. Frustrate their plans to defeat this nation. To defeat the will of our nation, the will of God in this nation and drive them back. Disgrace them all as they have devised their plans to disgrace this nation. Hallelujah! Did you hear last, last, last Wednesday again? I will shield you from the intent of the enemy against this nation. Here he is. Go back there. Go back there where we were. He says this. Disgrace them all as they have devised. The intents of those are plans. Devise their plans to disgrace our nation. All of them. Goes there. Next one it goes there. Blow them away like dust in the wind. With the angel of the almighty God driving them back. I want us to pray together. 
That's our prayer. Remember, declaration of faith. We had been believing God for utterance. And as I was praying in the spirit, I had it. And I had to start looking for that psalm. I knew it was there. I don't know the last time I read this psalm, but I knew it was there. And there it was. And there, here it is. Let's say it together. Blow them away like dust in the wind with the angel of almighty God driving them back. All of our nation, Lord. All of our nation, Lord. The blood of Jesus. All of our nation, Lord. And then he says this. He says, make the road in front of them nothing but slippery darkness with the angel of the Lord behind them chasing them away. Hallelujah. 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 Let's say it together. Make the road in front of them nothing but slippery darkness with the angel of the Lord behind them chasing them away. That's our God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's go to the next one. I think that's all I had. For though this nation, I did nothing wrong to them, they set a trap for me, wanting me to fall and fail. That's what they have intended for this nation. But that sure will not be. And on and on and on and on. Oh, surprise them with your ambush, Lord. And catch them with the very trap they set for this nation. Let them be the ones to fail and fall into destruction. Let's read it together. Declare it together. Surprise them with your ambush, Lord. And catch them in the very trap they set for this nation. Let them be the ones to fail and fall into destruction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to the next one. Oh, ha, 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 ha. That's fine. Go read in your own time. But we already declared the word for this nation. Hallelujah. We do thank him. Let's praise him. Lift your voice and praise him. Lift your voice and praise him. Shout, 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 shout of victory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah to our God. Oh, Father, we do thank you and we praise you for victory, for your word that you have given to us, sir. We honor you and we praise you for victory that you have given us in this nation, for victory over the intentions of the enemy. We call on the, na the name of the Lord of hosts, the Lord of hosts, God Almighty, concerning our nation. And we are thankful, Father, and we are grateful grateful sir grateful sir for victory that you have given us our son nation and having shielded us as you have done before and we saw we see even back then in 1961 and it has been and I've heard prophets say even in 1978 
after the demise of Mzee Kenyatta, all the intentions of the enemy to plunge this nation into bloodshed, you still have protected our nation. You still have shielded our nation. And Lord, not because we are righteous in our nation. There has been wickedness in this nation in so many ways. But Father, by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus as your people and the plans that you have in, you have ever had for this nation, had for this nation, it's because that's the reason you have saved our nation, Father. Oh, righteous Father, you have never changed. And therefore we can run to you. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous as the righteous run into it. And we are safe. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you. Tell him. Tell him how we thank him. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyone who has something from the Lord, you know that it's from the Lord and you want to share with us. I sense his presence. Do you do 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 you sense his presence here? Anyone, anything that the Lord has shown to you? Young people, anything that the Lord has shown to you? Come on. You have something, Mr. Ruth? Okay. Anyone else? Something that the Lord has shown to you. As, as we were praying. As we were praying in tongues, I like the scripture that you've given because I was. I, I, what I could see was that you. You know, I don't know if you. Uh, if I know people watch movies or they used to watch movies, but you know how you have all these people who are playing uh, cards or what do they play? And and it's always under somewhere hidden. Uh, there is a bar up here, and, but those that are uh, playing cards and money changers under somewhere. So I could see a big table with uh, uh, people that are peddling, whatever they were peddling. And then I saw a force that came and overthrew that table. And I believe it was the peddling of this nation that the Lord has dismantled in the name of Jesus. I believe it. Yeah. That's the scripture right there, actually. That's what I saw. I saw, as you were praying, coming up to a, to a higher place and started looking under. I started seeing all the plans of the enemy. And I started hearing confusion. Let confusion, in fact, the, the psalm in, in the New King James Version says this in verse 4 Let those be put to shame and brought to dishonor who seek after my life who seek after the life of this nation. Let those be turned back and brought to confusion who plot the plots, the schemings, the intentions of the enemy, who plot heart. Let them do what? Let them be brought to confusion. So that's what I started seeing in my, my eyes of faith. I started seeing we are up here. We're speaking here to this they are trying to communicate over here to our nation, but they couldn't because confusion had come in. It's like there's no communication. 
confusion in the enemy's camp. Hallelujah. Confusion in the enemy's camp. Let's say it. Confusion in the enemy's camp. And let them be like chaff before the wind. And let the angel of the Lord chase them. Let their way be dark and slippery. And they let the angel of the Lord pursue them. For without cause they have hidden their net for me in a pit. For without cause they have hidden a net for this nation. That's it. We have the victory. Praise God. Did you sense the Lord here?